All right, chapter 21. 2-1. So that epigraph, we get a bit of an insight. The deepness is no joke. It is bringing armies to their knees, and there's almost nothing they can do to stop it. It was an apocalyptic event. Yeah, so what the heck is the deepness? Um, But yeah, chapter 21, we have Kelsier is reading the epigraphs, and we are seeing him read the epigraphs that we've already been exposed to up to this point. And wow, so it is 100% at this point confirmed the epigraphs are the Lord Ruler's journal. The journal, Mm -hmm. And Kelsier mentions that he always saw the Lord Ruler as this creature, yet the it's, Lord Ruler's a man. It he's sounds mortal. like a person. Yeah, yeah. And, and according to Kelsier, he sounded like a good man. Yeah, he sounded like a, you know someone who's fairly reasonable, and that, is, that it would mean that what he became is tragic. It, it is tragic, and he even mentions that based on what he's heard through Sazen stuff, even the Keepers have stories that the Lord Ruler was an incredible person and an incredible leader before his ascension. So I wonder, you know, just thinking about it, I wonder if whatever this ascension, whatever this event he went through, maybe it even changed him coming out the other end, right? Like, are we even looking at the same person that took on whatever occurred? Or is it true that absolute power corrupts? All right, well, Kelsier is arrives, you know, on the canal boat. It's been, I think, like two weeks is what they said, somewhere around there. But uh, Kelsier arrives with Eden to get to the caves now to drop off weapons and see the troops. And Kelsier makes a show of showing off. He purposely launches himself in the air. He shows all of his allomantic abilities to the best that he can because he's trying to inspire all the troops that he's bringing, the new recruits that he's bringing to the caves. He mentions that not. He knows that most of them have only heard of allomancy. They've never actually seen it performed. And so he puts on a show. And there's even a point where, you know, they undo the the entrance to the caves and everything. Um, Lord, they call him Lord Kelsier. Lord Kelsier uh, meets, I guess, the liaison, the person who's going to take him to the caves. And the person goes by the name Captain Demu. And Captain Demu uncovers um, the entrances to the caves and everything. And Kelsier immediately, it just clicks in his head. You know, this reminds me of the pits of Hassan. And we get to see a little bit of that trauma. And Kelsier makes a note and just says it out loud in his head, you know, I'm like, let show them your weakness, show them that this is that bad, you know, show them that you're scared and then show them over, show them that you're going to overcome it no matter what. And so he purposely shows them, you know, he's nervous about going in, but he doesn't let it stop him and he doesn't. So going inside, he finds Ham, who is in a uniform and he's, yeah, Ham's not telling, you know, wasting any time and telling Kelsier how much he hates being in this uniform. And Kelsier, you know, they do a little bit of a walk around the cave and stuff like that. You know, Kelsier believes or hails Ham's idea to outfit all of their officers in uniforms, you know, to kind of give the people more of appearance of an actual army to get more of a structure. He talks to Ham and says, hey, I want to see the entrances, you know, the other entrances to the cave. They talk about how it would be an absolute nightmare fighting down here that, you know, I think what, what was what would Ham say? He he if he had the correct amount of supplies, he believed he could hold this area indefinitely against the Lord Ruler's armies. Right. And I think that even there may have been some history where he even tried and they did, and he wasn't gonna try again because it was just such a bloody event. Yeah, yeah. The Lord Ruler I think they said the Lord Ruler won't even come here even if he thinks you're there. 
because there's been so many defeats there that he's not willing to put, like, I guess his pride or his reputation on the line in fighting here. Well, they check out all the other entrances. Kelsier makes up a big show of talking the soldiers up to get their hopes and get their, you know, confidence up in this point. He even tells them such things as like, you know, who can leave? And then it's like, what about me? Can I leave? And they're like, uh, and he's like, no, I can't leave. No one's above the rules. Like, you have to listen to what Ham says. And, you know, if they don't have a seal from Ham, if they don't have everything from Ham, they can't leave. I don't care who they are. And he just, again, makes up this big show of like, these are the finest soldiers I've seen. You know, no wonder the Lord Ruler is scared of us. You know, he's going to learn to fear us even more and so on and so on. He's hype manning them. Yeah, he, he is hype manning them, you know. You see, just like we mentioned before, you know, we can see the parasocial relationship here. We can see the simps forming. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's he's fitting into him, right? He's their hype man. He's trying to make these these people who historically have no confidence, who are considered docile. He's trying to get them out of that um, self-fulfilling prophecy here and trying to get them moving. Okay, well... We also get that bit of a reveal that Kelsier kind of relives what happened and why Mare died. He talks about how when you would dive into the pits, finding an ATM geode would get you another week of living. And at the end of your week, if you had not found one, you'd be beaten to death. And so he said every single week he found one until the last weekend, he, the last week he was there. And that last week he failed to find one. And Mare had told him she had found two and gave him one. And so he turned it in, and at the end of the week, it was revealed that Mare had not found another one, and that was the reason she was beat to death, was she gave Kelsier her geode. And Kelsier, even now in his head, goes, even with her giving me that, you know, as terrible as it was, I didn't want to see her beat to death, I still couldn't tell whether she gave me that out of love or out of, out of guilt. And so we really get to see, even to the end, even with her being beaten to death, he 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 doubted her. And you can see now how that could cause him to snap. How like that internal battle he was fighting between having absolute love for this woman and still trying to wrestle with the fact that, you know, did she in the end screw me over? So there's a feast. Okay. Kelsey's here. The survivor's here. They're getting all the troops hype. There's a feast. All right. Kelsey realizes though, that oh well, I'm sorry I skipped something that was very important to this. There is a feast, but before the feast, Kelsier tries to get his mind off of everything, and he asks Ham to give him one of his questions. And the question that Ham puts forward is not good. It's, do the nobleman and the Lord Ruler deserve to rule over us? Is there an actual biological difference between the Ska and the nobleman that make the nobleman and the Lord Ruler? better rulers and are they bad people for challenging that and kelsier's like there's no way you believe that and ham's like ham- he made some understandable points yeah he's like they you know, like he's like the the noblemen you know are in many ways bigger you know maybe possibly smarter um and they definitely the big the big point he made was they definitely have allomancy and the ska mm-hmm. don't. The only way you get Alamancy as a ska is for you to uh, have some noble blood within five generations. Yeah, and Kelsier goes, there's no way you believe that, right? And Ham doesn't say no, but he doesn't say yes. He goes, I'm just pointing out facts here. 
and I don't think it's right, but that's where it's left. It's there wasn't no, I don't believe that, you know. It's I just don't think that's right. And Kelsier takes this and he goes into the feast where there's supposed to be a celebration and he goes, Ham, are there any people here that are trying to be problem causers? You know, are there people here who are just causing problems? And Ham points through a couple of people until he gets to this big, like, buff guy who's apparently one of their best swordsmen who out loud hasn't said anything, but Ham's like, he, you know, whispers in secrets he's causing some trouble. And Kelsier speaks up and riots his emotions and gets him to have an outburst where he calls Kelsier out saying, it's a suicide mission, this is all dumb, you know. We're all going to die no matter what, whatever it is. And so Kelsier offers him a way out. He says, we will let you go if you can beat a duel, if you can win a duel with one of my the champions that are going to stand up for the cause. And he pulls Captain Demu out, which... Well, Demu actually stands up. He yeah, stands yeah, yeah, up yeah, and yeah. he goes, yeah, I'm, I'll take Demu. And Ham's like, dude, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Demu is smaller. He's not, he's not nearly the swordsman. He's not nearly the soldier that this other guy is. Like, he's, there's no way he, that he's going to beat him. And he's like, that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. And then when the fight starts, Kelsier uses Alamancy to ensure that Demu wins. Yeah, like he's like pushing him out of the way. He's pulling his sword in. He's like, and and it makes the fight like so obvious and to the point where Demu puts his hand up whenever a sword's, the sword's coming at him and Kelsier uses, pushes it back. Mm-hmm. But he, everyone sees him do it and they think that, holy crap, Demu has Alamancy. That's what everyone's thinking. And uh, Demu ends up winning the fight. Yeah. But um, before he could strike the killing blow, he holds back. He holds his sword back. And Kelsier is trying to push to make him mm-hmm. make him strike him down. And he keeps fighting him. And then he realizes the guy's the guy's done. Like he's he I don't need to kill him. It's over. Everyone gets the point. Yeah. The, Demu's last strike with the sword with Kelsier's force was so great that when the guy went up to block it, it shattered his arm. So, I mean, it, it showed, like, it made Demu look like he had super powers, essentially Alamancy. Yeah, and that, um, and that was the purpose. It's, it's the purpose of the point where Ham looks at Kelsier and is pissed, and he just goes, you lied to my entire army, and this is what scares me because we've talked about this before. Kelsier goes, no, Ham, I lied to my army. I'm the boss. And that was the thing, as Kelsier stands up, he goes, "Are you? you do you guys honestly think that I'm going to put you out there and and make you you make you leave you vulnerable no i'm going to be there with you i'm going to you know you guys are going to be strong enough to fight and um Yeaton takes off he's like oh my gosh i didn't realize this of course i didn't realize you could give your powers away he's like oh he's like no wonder he's like if you if you're able to give everyone alamancy then who who could stand against us there's no way and everyone's all psyched you know but ham's like man that was probably not a good move. But and that's where we're left with the end of this episode. All right. Chapter 22. Chapter 22. Okay. So we open up almost in parallel to Kelsier with Vin reading the Lord Rules journal. But the cool part here is she reads section of the journals that we have not gotten in the epigraphs yet. She reads about how the terrorist people have abilities. They have abilities where they can store up strength for another time. Um, and that the Lord Ruler on his during his journeys witnessed the terrorist men needing to 
lie in a very weakened state in their pack or in their like sleeping bags and stuff to store up this energy for later use. And we, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just excited. I was about to jump ahead because I was about to say, we're going to talk to Sazed. We are going to talk to Sazed and we're going to get a couple of answers. But she reads about this and she wonders, uh, the Lord Ruler in his journal wonders, does it have something to do with all the, the jewelry they're wearing all the time? And that's kind of where she stops reading at that point. And Spook surprises her, you know, is like, yeah, hey, like Dachshund's here talking to Lord Renew. And I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely translating for Spook here because it was mm-hmm. like the wasn't the what, <laughs> but who's the wasn't the wasn't the have? Yeah. So Spook basically tells her that Dachshund is here meeting with Lord Renew, and he gives her a handkerchief and runs off. And Vin's like, okay, he's a he's a strange one. And so she goes to talk to Sazed for multiple reasons. She's like, I need to know why Spook gave me this weird handkerchief. That's kind of weird. But also, I just need to talk to Sazed because what the heck are the terrorist people? Thank you, Vin. What the heck are the terrorist people? Um, so she goes and she notices that Sazed is not wearing glasses. And she's like, last time I came in, you were wearing glasses. And now you're not wearing glasses. What the heck is up with you, Sazed? And Sazed starts, like, nerding out <laughs> about how he's learning so much from the journal. And Vin learns that he's learning about his own people because out of all the religions he has, his the, religious, the religion of the terrorist people and the keepers themselves, they've lost it. They do not remember any of it. And so getting all these things we've been learning with the terrorist people in the epigraphs, Sazed is learning as well at this point. This was not knowledge that the keepers had. So... Sazed talks about how the world's beautiful. He's like, man, the Terrace Mountains, like Terrace, Terrace now is like a, an icy wasteland. He goes, but before in these, ep- like in these readings in the journal, it says they're mountainous with like lush green fields and snow-capped mountains. And we get this feeling with like him learning this, you know, we're assuming that the, the Lord Ruler's journal is accurate because why would, why would it be false? You know, if it's not information that's spread across, it's, they were keeping it in like a shrine essentially. And so if this information is true, we learn that Mare was right when she told Kelsier about all these things about how she believed the world was supposed to be beautiful and green and everything. And which means Kelsier is right. This is how the world used to be for the Lord rulers ascension. And so, yeah, he's nerding out and Vin's like, well, gosh, darn, I'm over here trying to just be a useful useful ska spy and wouldn't it be so much easier for me to be a useful spy if i just knew exactly how you terrorist people did what you do you know i might just miss it <laughs> oh no and says it's like <sighs> fine fine <laughs> you're right and vin checkmate says it is like you need to tell me about your powers at least a little bit more than you've told me before because i might miss something and says it's like you're right you're right you're annoying but you're right um and so we learn about a new magic system. Sazed refers to as Farakimi. He basically explains that keepers can store attributes in metal. And she went, wait, is it like your sight? Like, did you like have like, you know, extra like senses with your sight when you came looking for me? And that's why you're wearing glasses all the time. And he goes, and he goes, he doesn't say yes, but he gets all quiet. But, Vin's right on the point there, right? He's storing up, when he's using glasses, he's storing up sight in some one of these metal mines that he has available to him. And she goes, 
well, the, the journals told me you can, you can save up strength too. Hmm. What else can you save? And he's like, yeah, no, 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 no. All you need to know is like, I can store sight. I can store strength and I can store memories inside metal. And so that's, we now know it's, it's official there. He doesn't create memories with metal. He stores his own memories into the metal mind, which is why he's able to keep track of so much information. Yes. You know, he give Brandon gives us a little taste there because <laughs> it's not all of it. And we're going to get more later, but man, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, you know, it's neat there. You know, we mentioned in the very beginning, there are multiple magic systems here. And we're getting a look at the second one. It's the implications. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, we, you know, Sazed reveals to Vin, he's wearing these massive braces on his arms. He has all these, like, all this jewelry and earrings on his face. You know, he has different piercings and stuff. Like, just basically his entire body looks like, uh, looks like a person who, you know, walks, is walking in for their 20th tattoo and 15th piercing. Like, he's just all statted out with jewelry. And we learn they all have a use. All of this metal that's on his body, he uses it for different things and to store different attributes. Which is so cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So Sazed tells her, like, hey, this is all I'm giving you. Vin wants more, but he's like, listen, I have to keep this quiet because the Lord Ruler hates us. And he's like, I'm hoping to find out why he hates us. Because even the Keepers don't know why the Lord Ruler essentially tries to prosecute them, you know? He goes, does he fear us because of our powers? I don't know. But they're basically being hunted, like hunted down, you know, and stuck. So that there's no more of them. So he's like, "I the less you know, the better." Exactly. So Vin goes, "All right, that is fair. You know, you met me in the middle. You know, you gave me more than what I wanted, to, or you gave me enough." But uh, one more question: What the heck's this handkerchief for? And he's like, "It's a handkerchief." And she's like, "Oh man, you've been you've been around Kelsier too much." And says, "It's like, yeah, I think he's corrupting me a bit." <laughs> um, but what, where's the handkerchief from? And she explains that Spook gave it to her. And he goes, ah, in noble society, a man gives you a handkerchief if he, if he wants to court you. Oi. Ooh. Vin's like, God, why? No. <laughs> no. Lord Ruler. Um, <laughs> he's, she's pretty nervous by that thought. And she goes, well, I'm going to have to handle that at some point. Um, she's like, he's so much younger than me. And says it's like, He's a year younger than you. He goes, no, I turned 17 last week. He goes, okay, he's like a year and two weeks younger than you. <laughs> it's like, it's like I, you're eight. I'm eight and a half. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, man, I have to deal with that. And oh, that's rough. And she talks more about Sazen. And we learned a little bit more about the crew. We learned Ham has a family. What? Like he's been off training people in, in the caves and everything. Where's this family? And, and says like, well, no one really knows. You know, Ham just has a family that he, he stays separated from to keep them safe. Okay. And says it kind of points out, Vin, do you not talk to any of your friends? And Vin's like, oh, crap. I have friends. Yeah, this is what it's like to have friends. I have to talk to them. Oh, no. <laughs> and she, she does realize she goes, man, yeah, I've actually started to see these people as my friends and I don't know very much about them. And so she's like. I'm going to change that, and I'm going to go visit Doxon. And so she goes to visit Doxon after his meeting with Lord Renew. And Doxon's talking. Doxon's just, dude, Doxon's laid back with this stuff. She starts mm-hmm. asking him questions, and he, no allomancy required. He just like, yeah, I was a plantation ska. You know, it was life. 
you know, was it bad? She goes, well, it was the only life I had to compare at that point. You know, now I would see it as bad, but before it was just life. And she goes, did, you know, did you love someone? He goes, oh yeah, I love someone. And my plantation master, you know, he was, he was a pretty good dude. Relatively, like relative to other, other plantation masters. He was a pretty good dude. But yeah, he wanted to have his fun and he, he bet her and killed her. And he's just so nonchalant about this. Yeah, like this is just the way it is. He's like, this was just life though. Because Vin kept like, Vin's like, oh my gosh, like, why aren't you freaking out? And he, because up to this point, he's seen like March and Kelsier, which is like the, like the tragedy bros over here Mm -hmm. with how they're dealing with stuff. And Dachshund's just like, that was my life. Like, I can't change it. It was what I was given. And now he goes, I made, made my, made a better life for myself, but that's just what it was. It was life. And we see that Dachshund has a hate for the nobleman the same way Kelsier does, just not to the same degree. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Vin tries to mention that not all noblemen are bad people. You you realize that, right, Dachshund? And Dachshund's like, no, they have you duped. You know, they have you duped. They're all terrible people, but that's just life. And Kelsier, like, you see this, you see a form of hate, but it's how would you describe it it's it's like controlled hate it's, it's like this this sense of like understanding like uh it's the banality of evil like yeah this is terrible and but this is who they are and that's the thing is like this is like they don't see it as evil they don't see it as bad they just that's just their the way they are yeah, it's like and it's like so how... you can say like oh they're not all the same yes they are they're just don't see it as evil and they move on it's I kind of thought when I thought about it when I first heard it, I saw it as how some people would look at nature right if you go you know push a, a bear cub around and mama comes and eats you no one's gonna look at that and go like that was evil right that was that was just the nature and it's like Dachshund had the same view it was like their nature was just evil that's it it's just what how the world is and like it's really it's a stark contrast to me because it's hate the same way Kelsier has hate but Kelsier has like passionate hate and Dachshund's just like they're evil that's how it is but the big thing that he was talking that he revealed to her was you know the nature of skull women in noble society yeah he reveals how they're pretty much just used and tossed to the side they're not even that like they're it's like they're bedded and you know against their will and then they are killed they have to be killed and that pretty much every noble man does this and it's not not they do it out in the open and like even noble women just have to deal with it and they're just like yeah they don't even see it as cheating if they if they bet a skull woman but they have to be killed afterwards and they are and that's just the way it is yeah and vince starts to think is ellen the same way and that's the end of this chapter chapter 23 chapter 23 well he's past that (laughs) indeed (laughs) or it sounds like it yes yeah i mean yeah, yeah that. <laughs> all right vin's back at the balls and she is in the gossip groups way to go vin she mm-hmm. is standing around people are gossiping about a ton of things they're talking about what kelsier did to the nobleman that whole like thing we talked about in like, yeah like what did he do did it work like this like all it's working exactly how we planned they are it could have been this no but they were allies what about this well they thought maybe if they did this they would make them more desperate no i don't think that was it i think it was these guys and it's just and now they're killing each other over the, the thought that they killed this guy yep and we learn that house venture is bunkering down and they're preparing for a house war and so the plan is on track the army's on track 
The noblemen's are at each other's throat. This plan's coming together. Indeed. This plan's coming together. Well, there's a little bit more chatting here, and we learn again exactly how the obligators are used. The obligator, uh, or one of the noblemen is like, hey, I'm going to meet you for a game. And they're like, you haven't come the last two times, and we need four people. Just tell us if you're not coming. And he goes, fine. Calls over an obligator and goes, I promised to go to the game with these people. And pays the obligator. The obligator's like, I've witnessed this. And he's like, are we good? We're good. If only DMs could use that. Yeah. <laughs> I witnessed this. Um, but yeah, no. So like that was like a pretty funny way that that's used. But Vin picks up on it and goes, this is so smart. Not a single deal goes by without an obligator sticking their nose in it. Not a single agreement, not a single contract, not anything. And she's like, the Lord Ruler has spies everywhere. He's literally built into the governmental system itself. Nothing important happens without an obligator witnessing it. Nothing legal, at least. And so, yeah, Vin's like, well, I think I need to go now. It's time for me to run out. And one of the gossips was like, well, Vin, or well, Lady Valette, if you're leaving, you're not going to get the juicy gossip I have on the Steel Ministry. And she's like, okay, what is that? Like, that would be nice. And it turns out that the Still Ministry, they're scared of something because they are hunting down thieving crews, Scott thieving crews, like it's no one's business. They are making an effort. They're looking for someone. And Vin's like, ooh, that's not good. Because she's like, yeah, they, apparently they caught one that was like within like a mile of this party or something. She said something along that, those lines. And Vin's like, ooh, close this shop is <laughs> is around that close. No, we're fine. We're fine. It's not, it's not us. I know it's not us. But... They're really coming down on them. You know, we saw what, what they were did to Cayman's old crew and everything. They are, you know, we can at least assume, right, they're looking for Kelsier. They're they're trying to find him. And it, I, I don't know. I wonder if, you know, this, like they were talking about with the spreading of rumors with Venture and everything, is this 11th Metal business kind of getting to the Lord Ruler a bit? Because, like I said, they're cracking down on everything. But Venzek, our Lady Vlet's like, okay, that sounds good and everything. I got to go. I need to go find my terrorist man and we need to get out of here. And she goes to leave and then Lady Shan shows up. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm, yes. Um, Lady Shan shows up and's like, I'm here to talk to Vin. And then she berates Vin. And then it's like, all right. But she's like, you need to be a useful pawn, okay? You need to be just be happy that you're being used and you need to like start hanging out with Ellen again. She's like, well, I'm not hanging out with Ellen. Leave me alone. And he's like, no, 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 you're dumb. Go hang out with Ellen again. I need you to read his books and tell me what he's reading. And Ben's like, oh, there it is. Yep. There it is. They were trying to look at the books earlier. And so she's like, you know what? Shan is right. It is a good position for Lady Valette to be a pawn in the Great Houses games. Because that means she's going to get even more insight into what's going on. So she essentially agrees non-verbally that she's, she's going to do it. And she goes to sit down and Shan leaves her alone. And then sees Ellen, which we learn up to this point that Ellen has been dodging her for like the past two months. He's either not coming to the balls or when he does, just outright ignores her. And in the back of Vin's head, she still has what she went through last chapter, which is, is Ellen a monster, essentially? And she wants to find out. So she goes, you know what? He's been avoiding me. And, uh... 
instead of giving him a chance to do that, I'm just going to go approach him. And she comes up with like that kind of like classic, like high school drama stomp where she's just like stomping up on him. And the friends are like, Oh, yep. See you dude. <laughs> and just bail. And the people Ellen was talking to leave really quick and they have their little snarky remarks and Ellen tries to play it off. Like it's nothing. And then he sees that Vin's crying or he's starting to. And that's when he like, like it flips again. The snarkiness is gone. He's like, hey, do you want to go into private and talk about whatever this is? Because up to this point, he was ignoring her. And he admits it a little bit later in the conversation. Yeah, I was straight up ignoring you. I was avoiding you. I'm, that's, but they go to talk in private. He's like, I've been avoiding you. I've been ignoring you. But it's because, you know, it looked like you were making good headway in the, in the, in, in the social circle and everything. And he's like, I didn't want to get in the way of that. And she's like, liar. He's like, all right, yeah, you got me. Okay. You know? I thought you were becoming like them. He goes, the only way you get into this inner circle is you become like them. He didn't like who she was hanging out with. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and she just loses it and lets it go and yells at him. Like, do you sleep with ska women? Just like, and Ellen's like, oh. And the thing is, you think, right, Ellen, it's going to act shocked. How dare you accuse me? Whatever it is, the whole thing. He goes, um, you should sit down. And oh, mm. oh man, I'm pretty sure her her heart dropped the same way mine did when I read that. And I was mm-hmm. like, darn it. And she she you know starts telling him like, oh you do, it's true. Doxon's right. Kelsey's right. You're all the same. You're, You're all, the, all like... the same. Yeah. And Ellen, to his credit, stays calm. Let's her re- lets her kind of get her initial reaction out and then tells her, yeah, I was 13. I was 13 and my father made me do it. He said it was time that, you know, he, it was the whole spiel that they always gave. It's time to you become a man, da, 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 da. And he, he made me do it when I was 13. He goes, I didn't know they were going to kill her. And ever since then, he goes, I've never, ever once even thought about doing it again. And something he says is, Vin starts to believe him again. It's like that, that thing where she's listening to him and he goes, he just seems so genuine when he says it, that he, he, she believes him. And he even has a moment where she goes, she, she's like the guilt, the anger, the pain in his voice when he's recalling this, I believe him. And he says, someone needs to stop this. Someone needs to stop what's going on. But he basically confirms that it is going on. Mm -hmm. He confirms it for Vin. So on one hand, Vin in this moment is both relieved and upset. So she questions him further. All right, you've confirmed my worst fear here. It is going on. This is a normal thing, which means y'all aren't innocent, like I was hoping. How many of you? And Ellen says, roughly a third indulge in it. And then after that, it's kind of hit or miss. And Vin, again, like, at this point, I think she's having the more of the realization. She again, she doesn't hate the noble people. Even after hearing this, she still doesn't hate them because she goes, "Oh, Doxon and Kelsier want to purge them, but that that they don't need to do that because if if what you know, I believe Ellen, and he's saying it's only a third of them that are like this, which means while this is bad, you know, we we don't have to stoop to their level. We don't have to get rid of all of them. A lot of them can still be redeemable people." Which 
is a kind of a rough shift from Ven because Ven went from I don't hate them, they're okay, like what if this isn't thing to I'm on board with killing them, just not all of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, that's that's a rough shift. I'm, I'm okay with a little genocide. Yeah, a little genocide. <laughs> but yeah, no. And man. Then realizes she's brought up a, a deep wound for Ellen. You know, he he was genuine. There's a pain in his voice. There's anger in his voice. He meant it when he said this needs to be stopped. He does not like what's going on and the way things are handled right now. So she extends an olive branch and is like, they are smart. He's like, what? And he's like, the, the, the ska on the plantations, they are really smart. Because they have, they have intelligence. Yes, they have intelligence. They're like us. They're just like normal people. How do you know? Well, like I talked to like an escape ska. They're angry. An escape ska, if they're supposed to be killed, he goes, yeah, I mean, I, I'm keeping a secret. You know, and, things. and she basically reveals a whole lot about the ska underground networks how they tra- how they help talk to each other she reveals a little too much okay this is a bit this is a self-report okay um but, but ellen is like stoked yeah she sees in the way that ellen's looking at it and she goes like okay she she's at least reconfirmed at this point that she believes ellen is still the person she thinks she knows and he was shel- he was also very sheltered because he even said something to the effect of like I didn't realize the Ska recognized that the nobility had better lives than them. Yeah. He, He's like, I didn't even know they knew that. Yeah, he he like equated their, their what what's the word, self-perception or whatever, to like that of an animal. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And so... This happens. She learns that Ellen is genuinely curious. He's not the monster she thought he was. Even after hearing what happened, she believes him. And she takes his side on this. And he takes note that when she's crying, I guess I forgot to mention this, but it doesn't matter. She takes out Spook's handkerchief and she's trying to clean up her face because her makeup's running. And he's like, who gave you that? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, a suitor. And he's like, you know, she's trying to get back at him, a suitor. And he's like, hmm, I see. And by the end of this, he gives her a handkerchief and says, here, you need to clean up your makeup. And when she goes to give it back, she goes, that wasn't meant to be given back to me. He goes, I might have been a fool to allow someone else the chance of courting you, but I would be an even bigger fool to not give him competition. And so, dude, Ellen's on board. The game is on. The game is on. <laughs> yeah, Ellen's on board. Like he he Vin believes him to be genuine through his actions here, unless it's some elaborate ruse. He seems to be genuine back to her. And he says, You keep that. I need to go because I need to have a meeting with my people. And she sees that it's Lacall and Hasting again. And they're at they're at keep hasting right now for this ball and he leaves to go to whatever this meeting is says it comes back and says it's like another handkerchief then sheesh <laughs> like, like you know she leaves out it's ellen's quite <laughs> wisely but um she's like hey i saw ellen walk with these two the two guys again i need to go spy on them and he's like and then Caesar's like, well, that's going to be obvious. She goes, no, I'm going to do some Mistborn spying. And she, he's like, oh. He, and she, but she does some character growth. Character growth. Mm-hmm. Imaginary range, rainbow coming out of my hands. <laughs> um, character growth. Um, she goes, I need your permission, though, Caesar. Do I have it? And it seems like Vin learned from run, just running off. She's, mm-hmm. she's like, hey, for all you parents out there, it just takes an axe being buried into their side. There you go. It's Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Don't clip it. Anyway, uh, but yeah, no. 
she learns character growth says it's like how's your side and she goes never better and says like mm, okay just be careful don't get caught go do it and she goes off Mistborn spying and we learn that ellen and his band of people there mentions five and i can't remember all the house names it's like claw hastings tikiol i can't remember that's definitely not important venture venture but they're talking and ellen's like gung-ho like have y'all been reading the books i've been giving you like we need to change these things and everyone else is like we're not going to change anything and he's like you're an heir to a great house you're second in line you know blah 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 and he's like saying like we're going to be the leaders here soon we can change these things you know we can try to make a life better and he says something that is just straight heresy we can pressure the lord ruler if we unite okay mm. <laughs> yeah we went from light heresy to like yeah mm-hmm. so vin's listening to this vin hears her name called she freaks out and kelsier's back kelsier is back from the caves he's been spying on her and he's like well you're spying on them he goes yeah have you heard anything useful because i've been spying on them for like months now and they're not saying anything useful at least not to me he goes i do promise this though vin they don't seem like bad people for noblemen I won't kill him. And Vin's like, oh, <laughs> thank you. At least, at least Kelsier isn't going to kill them. But Kelsier's still like, it's like, it's funny. It goes both ways, right? They're just ska. Kelsier's like, I won't kill them. But you got to remember, they're just noblemen. Mm-hmm. And so they decide that it's time for them to return back to the mansion. And they jump off into the night. And that's where we're left with this chapter. Chapter 24. Um, yeah, no, that epigraph. Quick jab there, but that that was literally Kelsier in like, what, like two, two chapters, chapters ago? ago. Mm-hmm. Having to do with what his name was, Bilge. The, mm-hmm. the guy. Yeah. Um, some more parallel there. And we're kind of slowly starting to see how someone, given the responsibility that the Lord Ruler had at that point, the picture's becoming clear on how they could have... I guess, like, we we would say fallen to where they are now. Indeed. All right. Chapter 24. Um, Mac doesn't want to edit dolphin noises. Um, <laughs> that'll, be, <laughs> that'll make sense in a bit. Uh, Ham is back, all right? Ham is no longer wearing his uniform, or well, he is. He just tore the sleeves off of it. Um, but he's back, you know? Kelsier had brought him back. The whole crew is back together. You know, except for Eden, right? Eden's still with in the caves with the army. But yeah, Vin returns, sees that everyone's there back at um Clubs's Clubs's uh hideout essentially, and they're all just drinking and having a good time and talking about how things are going, essentially. So Ham teases Vin, like, Oh Vin, you're starting to develop humility, you know, you didn't get that from Kelsier, because uh, Vin's like, Oh, I haven't learned much and says it's like nonsense. And Kelsey's like, nonsense. She's becoming the perfect noble woman. And I'm, it's just friends being friends, right? They're propping each other up, talking to, talking the good talk. Dunking on Breeze. Yep, they're dunking on Breeze, you know. They're they're speaking like spooks, weird dialect. Um, there's even a point where Dachshund says something and everyone's like, what'd you say? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Spook's like, nothing. Like, it meant nothing. Which it, And he's like, oh, well, that's mostly what people say. Mm-hmm. So... But yeah, they're having a good time. They're just picking at each other. And um, Kelsier, like, you know, at this point goes like, listen, like, you know, 
this is it. We're doing great. Like the army will be ready on schedule. Marsh is in place. The like house Tekiel is vulnerable. It's going good. Like what could possibly go wrong? Oh, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Well, Vin decides that she's going to say, hey, I'm going to go with Ham to check out the garrison. And Kelsey's like, why? He goes, I need to learn from a thug. And she's like, well, you already used Pewter. And Vin in her head goes, yeah, but if I've learned anything, you know, Kelsey, you're incredible. But all of them so far have been more incredible than you at each individual skill. Mm-hmm. So she wants to go learn from Ham on how to use Pewter. So he's taking her with him and he's like, you know, I'm happy to be back at the garrison. These people are great. How about you just watch me fight? Uh, have your, you know, have your copper going, have your bronze going and just notice when I use pewter. He goes, that's what's important. Pewter burns up so quickly. You should not be using it all the time. You should only use it at key points to make you dodge quicker, to make your strike hit harder, you know, stuff like that. He goes, that's how you're going to be good at this is learning when to use it. And Vin, Vin's hyped, ready to, ready to learn. So they're about to go in and you know, Ham's like, yeah, these people are my friends. I'm going to get in really easy. They know me. And Vin's like, ooh, what about that? Like, you're willing to betray your friends? And he goes, it's different. They're mercenaries. I'm a mercenary. We are friends, but when it push comes to shove, they won't hesitate to kill me, and I won't hesitate to kill them. That is a really interesting dynamic to have. Indeed. But, you know, he, he paints it as soldiers have to be that way. They have you know to what able... I hate about mercenaries? Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be funnier later. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just that idea. Like he's like, that's how soldiers are. They have to be able to separate it completely. And these people can't. I know them. And so he's like, no problem. He goes in, and just like he said, they're like, hey, what's up, Ham? And he's like, hey guys, how are you doing? And um, yeah, they're about to go in. I think I missed this, so I'm going to go over real fast. Ham tells Vin, yeah, man, I have a family. Because Vin asked straight up, asked him, you have a family, Ham? He goes, yep, I got a family. They're in, he goes, they're in some nondiscreet village, you know, out and about. No one knows where they are, not even Kelsier. And I keep it that way because if the Lord Ruler, the Steel Ministry, or anyone ever finds me and kills me, they are going to look for my family and try to wipe everyone out. Because Vin's like, why would they do that? That makes no sense. He goes, well, because, you know, I have children. And... If I have children, that means there's the possibility of another misting. So your 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 memes coming forward, not just the men, but the women and children too. Like they <laughs> they go after everyone. They make sure that there's no chance that the that, that more ska mistings are gonna spawn. So they get into the garrison and Ham is meeting with the it was one of his guys he spars with, but it turns out he was promoted to the captain the last couple of weeks, and he's super busy. And he's, like, talking to Vin. He's like, listen, Vin, like, I would never stop fighting because for money, I need to be able to support my family, and I get paid the best because thugs... Can take on six people at once. Yeah, and, like, the coin shots, thugs and coin shots, if you have those two combined, you have a, a small mobile army that can rival normal battalions like they're nothing. So he's like... I get paid a lot for what I do and I need to support my family. He goes, I hope that one day there comes a time where I get so rich I can move to these outer dominances, these out the outer reaches of the final empire, where it's said that they don't even really care whether you're ska or nobleman. Money just talks. 
Mm-hmm. As long as you have the money, you can live whatever life you want to live. He's like, that's my goal for me and my family. Well, the the captain comes in, starts talking, says, hey, and we need to talk. Who the heck is that? He's like, my niece. He's like, all right, we need to talk. And Vin listens in with Ten. And the captain is discussing how they're about to march out. They're going to march out in two hours. And he Ham's like, what the heck? Y'all are going to fight? He's like, yeah, we're going to fight, and we want you. You need to come help us fight. Ham's like, what the heck are you fighting? And he goes, there's a rebellion in the central dominance, you know, where they are. Ham's like, a rebellion? He's like, yeah, it, I think it came from those, like, caves out in the middle. Oh, dolphin noises. <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, goodness. Cheese and crackers. Yeah. It's. Well, the captain offers Ham a chance to join in. Ham accepts, thinking he needs to stay close to these people. And, you know, that's kind of where we're left here. We, you know, there's a little bit more talk about like, pewter dragging, and I'll get to that afterwards. But for the summary's sake, that's where we're left with this chapter with this oh crap moment being dropped on us like the rebellion's been figured out. They they called out the caves and the central dominance. That's where the army is. And yeah, chapter 25. Yikes. Okay. So we're just going to jump right into this because I feel like the action demands it. We were left last chapter with the rebellion army being discovered by the garrison and by, like, I guess the Lord Ruler and everybody. Big whoopsie doopsie. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. So we're opened up with Kelsier. Prepping supplies. Breeze, you're going to go warn all the safe houses. Doxin, you're going to establish an escape route for Club's shop if it's compromised. You, random Club's apprentice, you need to go to Lord Renew. Make sure that he needs to run if, you know, you know anyone survives and can can trace back that he's working for us and da-da-da. Ham, good job sticking with the garrison. I'm not going to betray them. Okay, I know that, Ham, but, like, then you better not kill any of our guys either. We'll try not to. And, yeah, and... He turns around ready to go, and Vin is there pack ready, looking defiantly. And Kelsier does not even get a chance to like register what happened last time and goes, you better keep up, and they're out of there. And we get to learn about pewter dragging. Pewter dragging was mentioned slightly in the last chapter. Basically, the idea is you can just force your body past its limitations in the same way we've seen with keeping Vin alive from her wound, but you can basically force every aspect of your body past its limitations and it's called pewter dragging the idea is you just continuously burn pewter non-stop equivalent to taking a bunch of caffeine pills i guess yeah they just dunk on pewter and just go 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 so kelster calls out to sazed hey sazed we're about to go how much speed do you have stored up and sazed goes is mad you sazed's version of mad which is a frown <laughs> I, I you know i love picturing that in my head of just says being flat faced and then just it's literally the frown <laughs> uh says doesn't have enough speed stored up only a couple of hours and oh, there's another attribute the fear chemist can keep and so kelsey's like i gotta take vin you know he's not gonna be dumb he's trying to get to the army that's what he's trying to do they got word that the, the the Skull Rebellion army is attacking a garrison, and he was like, man, in order, this is a three-day horse ride, so by someone hauling to get here on horseback, that means it took them at least a day and a half to two days to get here. 
which means that this fight started two days ago and Kelser's like, we need to get there now. We need to get there in the next 16 hours. He wants to get, take a three-day journey and turn it into a 16-hour trip. And so he's like, Vin, you better keep up. Let's go. And they just take off. And Kelsier legitimately pewter-filled body, only still pushing every once in a while because they're not on the steel like highway, the Alimantic highway that we've talked about before. There isn't one to the location they're going. He follows the canal, and him and Vin sprint there. They sprint there. They take a three-day journey and turn it into 16 hours. And it basically, as far as I can tell, is just like a really, really strong sprint, like what you would do in a 100-yard dash, but it just never stops. I mean, that and it's amplified, right? Like, because on horseback... He, she, she mentions that uh, at the speed they were going, a galloping horse would be faster, but a galloping horse would only be able to gallop so long. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, that tracks, right? If you look at human evolution, it was confirmed through a couple of scientific studies that humans beat horses in long-distance races. Oh, yeah, no, that's, so, that, like, that was the whole thing. But, yeah, yeah. but I mean, they also weren't burning pewter. But so yeah. in pewter, you could just do indefinitely. Exactly. They run 16 hours straight. There is a point where Vin is talking about how she thinks she's going to die because of how bad she feels. And this is, like, with pewter. We've, we learned that, like, Vin was able to ignore an open wound in her side from being stabbed deep. And, you know, she said in that moment when she was using pewter, she never mentioned pain once. She just mentioned she was getting woozy. Mm -hmm. And that was from blood loss. So to push your body to the point where even with pewter, Vin goes, I think I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. It was rough. But they end up running there. And Kelsier's smart. He's like, you never let your pewter burn out. Because if it does, you're going to pass out from exhaustion. You're not even going to have a chance to do anything else. So you need to always keep your pewter burning. He goes, and he was smart too. He's like, you need to be drinking water constantly. Ben's like, I don't even feel thirsty. And he's like, mm -mm, Gotta keep drinking water. you better keep drinking water. And that was the only time they ever took a break. Was to, to fill up on pewter and to fill up on water. Well, they make it. In, in the 16 hours, they make it. And Kelsier's like, stops. And Vin's like, no, no, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. And Kelsier's like, no, do you hear that, Vin? And Vin's not responding. And Kelsier's like, Vin, burn 10. And flare she, 10. Yeah, flare 10. And she does it. And all the pain she's been ignoring at that point, the headache, the feet, everything, every bit of her muscles, she feels everything. And that pain snaps her back to reality. And she can hear Kelsier again. He goes, you can hear me now. Yeah, he goes, do you hear that? And Vin hears the remnants of a battle. And Kelsier gets to overlook it, and Vin and him overlook it. And they realize that the, the rebellion, the rebel army, slaughtered a garrison of people. They, 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 there was a garrison of about a thousand strong, and they, they beat them. It was harder than they expected, but they beat them. But they weren't anticipating the 5,000 strong garrison from the other town to intercept them, and they ambushed them. And all we're seeing are the last couple hundred of the Ska army being systematically slaughtered. And Kelster at this point's like, it's over. We we lost everyone. Well, not initially. He's like, I need to go in there and fight. Well, yeah, he wants to, but then talks him out of it. You're not invincible, yeah. Kelsier. And that's what stopped him because he was on his way over there and she said, we're not invincible. And so she thinks that maybe someone stayed at the cave. Maybe this wasn't the whole army. And Kelsier holds on to that little bit of hope and they head to the caves. And Vin's right. They find inside the cave that there is a 
smaller fraction of the army that stayed behind thinking that whatever the plan was was foolish and they were right and who's leading it no other than captain demu demu the guy who he who killed the other guy while using the finger quotes alamancy that oh, he didn't kill him. him he refused to was kill going him. to kill him sorry yeah. but demu said told kelsier i think they were foolish they needed to wait for you like we were trying to obey you and it turns out that out of the seven thousand soldiers only 5,000 marched away, and those 5,000 are dead. And the 2,000 that remain here with Demu, in Kelsier's words, which were harsh but most likely true, were those too feeble to actually fight or those too, or those too cowardly to fight? So like almost like the worst stayed behind. Yeah. Um, and Kelsier, you know, we'll get a little bit more of this, but like Kelsier realizes... I overdid it with my hyping, my hype train here. But he gets everyone. He goes, I need, I, this is something I can work on now. We need to get these people out of the caves because after this showing, not even the Lord Ruler is going to be afraid to come into these caves now because he cannot have what happened happen again. Right. And this way they said is that Yeadon was so confident in them because of what Kelsier did. But he takes everyone and he goes, man, we're just going to leave. And they leave. And we get another moment where Vin's sleeping. Kelsier has called the march of the army down and said, like, we're bedding down for the night. And Kelsier's just sitting on a stump and he's thinking, you know, someone prepared them because the men that I said were leaving, they were all packed, ready to march. He's like, man, I'm going to give this guy a, I'm going to give this guy a promotion when I see him because he was able to predict this or whatever. And he's just sitting on the on the stump and he's realizing, you know, this is my fault. I hyped everyone up, you know. Eden must have did something, you know, thinking that they were invincible. And an old man approaches him and it's Menace. It is the old man from the prologue. From the prologue, Menace. And Kelsier, upon realizing that, goes, oh, it was you, huh? He's like, yep. I had everyone prepped and ready to move. And they have a chat. They have a chat. And Menace is like, yeah. A lot of the generals started talking, thinking that it would be good to get, get the the army battle experience. And so Yidin listened and marched off to attack the garrison, which, you know, Menace says, in Yidin's defense, on paper, there is no way to lose that battle. But they showed their lack of experience in, in planning in anything because they were not prepared to get ambushed by that second army. Mm-hmm. And so the old man, you know, Kelster kind of has his pity party where he goes like, this is my fault. And the old man goes, no, you were the motivation. You know, it's their fault that they got themselves killed because you were doing a great job up to this point, you know, which I think I kind of acts like a slap in the face, really, because Kelsier wanted to, you know, wanted to make himself feel better in this moment, wanted to take responsibility. But in a way, like the old man's like, no, like their bravery and stupidity is their own. You're just the motivation, which means like it's kind of like taking power out of it. Right. Like he was kind of taking away the thing was the what's the word I'm looking for. Kelsier was trying to say they fought for me and like it's my fault that they did all this thing and he was kind of taking that the responsibility not not even the responsibility necessary accountability no what am i thinking dang vod you suck um 
I want to say taking the glory away from Kelsier, right? He was taking a positive thing from Kelsier here because Kelsier wanted to say, I think Kelsier, stolen valor, something like that. He was giving it back to them because Kelsier said like, it was my fault. They went in there and he went, no, they're fighting for themselves. Why do you think anybody came here? Do you think any of them actually thought they could win? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe near the end when you tricked them, that was the case. But when they first came there, their reasoning for going there was because they just wanted to take control back. And like the reason I say it felt like a slap in the face to Kelsier was Kelsier was trying to take control back again. I did this to them. And he was saying, no, like you were the motivation, which is like basically saying like Kelsier, get off your high horse. They did this for themselves, you know, but yeah, you know, the old men admits like, I, I resent you. You're not a good person, but you should be proud of what you did because this was the greatest victory the Ska have seen in the last thousand years. And then he leaves and Kelsier's like, the greatest victory you've been conditioned to think that the greatest victory that we've ever had was losing an army of 5,000 men. We get that moment, that bad guy epilogue, you know, the, the, or the, the good guy coming back in the, the character arc of just staring at the camera, like, Oh, I'm going to show you a victory because I'm not done yet. And that's the end of part three.